Fantasy Advantage. We got the whole band together here, Derek, Greg, and Tom. Tom, welcome back. I know you had a little time off. Everything fine and dandy in the family? Yeah, everything's good. So uh, had to take a day off last week, but uh, deal with some family stuff, but all good. Yeah, it was a good weekend of football, too. Badgers win, Packers win, Gophers win. win, Vikings win, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. No complaints here. Everybody wins, and we talked about it on Friday, but my Iola Scandinavia T-Birds are going to state in Wisconsin. Nice. That's right. 27-26. This is the third time our high school has gone to state. We've finished second twice. We've never won the state title, so looking forward to it. Thursday at 1 o'clock at Camp Randall in Madison. So high school football, man, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That was one of the best high school games I've ever seen. I was going to say any football game because it was just clean, not a single injury. That's the way football should be. But that's not what we see in the NFL right now. In fact, this weekend was crap football. That's all I can say. I mean, Saturday was great college football. You had some great games, great excitement. And then the first games on Sunday, Tom, at halftime I tweeted, it was like 3-3, three to 6-6, three, six to 10-3, six, to 10-6. to six. What's going on with our NFL product? Yeah, I wish I had the magical answer. I mean, obviously, the you know backup quarterbacks—that's a big problem. The the drop off from starters to backups—we know about it in Green Bay, but uh, you know it's it's everywhere. I mean, really, it's just a lot of poor quarterback play. I mean, watching the Jets and Buccaneers for those of you who, who endured that game, for example. Though these are two veteran guys, you know, Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they were terrible. And then you get, you know, your Tom Savages of the world who are just, you know, putrid. So it's just, and you know, Brett Hundley actually looked pretty good, and he's still not that good. But it was a step in the right direction because the matchup was so good for him. But, yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of bad quarterback play. Well, he still has the training wheels on, so he looked good considering he had training wheels on. But otherwise, uh, I didn't think he was that great. Uh, Packers offense, I mean, it's brutal. You just look at these teams. Houston can put 40-some points up against Seattle. Then they get Tom Savage at quarterback. They can't even score a touchdown. Packers, same way, although they did come away with the win yesterday. Derek, let's talk about some good stuff. Those Vikings, Case Keenum, baby. 35.1 points in the NFFC, only topped by Jared Goff, who had 36 points. Those Vikings are on a roll. That division is theirs for the taking, no doubt about it. Yeah, I was, uh, needless to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I did think they'd go in there and pull out a, a close game, but I didn't think it was going to be 38-30. I didn't think there was going to be that many yeah. points. Usually the 
pretty good defenses there. We were missing Everson Griffin. They got all their linemen back, so, I mean, they weren't all 100%, that's for sure. They're kind of rotating in and out. But, uh, yeah, what can you say? I mean, uh, in the week, that, the week that's been in Minnesota here, it's been uh, – quarterback controversy if you can believe it and I don't uh, yeah. you know I, to me it's it's not a controversy I mean I'm glad Teddy's back I'm happy I mean that I mean two years ago we didn't know if he was ever going to lose his leg you know what I mean so it's great that he's back um, but at this point I don't know how they can seriously make a switch at this point I mean Case played other than a couple two brain farts which he tends to have every game one or two brain farts but the rest of the game, he was moving in the pocket, hitting Thielen. How about A.J. Thielen, man? How good is he right now? I mean, unbelievable. He is open on every single play, it seems like. And, uh, uh, so what, as a Vikings fan, yeah, like you said, the divisions are sort of taking. I still, I kind of wish the Packers would have lost that game yesterday. Because there's, there's, you know, two games is, I mean, we got the Rams. We got the Rams at home next week. So that's certainly not, a, that's not a gimme at all. Uh, and just there's, I still have this thing in the back of my mind that if they're not far enough back and Rodgers somehow comes back for the last three games, I'm still worried there. So at this point, I'm still, yes, two games free and clear, both the Packers and Lions feels good, but I, I still have a pit in my stomach here. Where I'm, uh, we're still looking behind us. Okay, so why is Zimmer doing this with the quarterback yeah. controversy? Right after the game, right after Keenum throws four touchdowns, he throws it out there that he knows who his quarterback is going to be. Why does a head coach do that? I I don't have an answer. Um, to me, this it, it's not even it's, it, to me that the realm of the possibility of starting Teddy is it just yep. seems completely stupid to me. People, I mean. Here's the recency bias, or maybe it's the unrecency bias in this case, but people are pretending for some reason like Teddy Bridgewater was Aaron Rodgers before he got hurt. He wasn't. He's exactly what Case Keenum is doing right now. You know what I mean? Don't turn the ball over. Make some good plays. Get the offense moving. That's all Teddy Bridgewater has ever done as a Viking, and Case Keenum right now is doing it every bit as good as Teddy Bridgewater has ever done it. So to me, there's no controversy. You stay with Case until injury or, or until he just plays himself out of the position, but if, the way he protects the ball and stuff and the weapons are on him, it's hard to see him playing himself out of the position, to be honest with you. I agree with you, but we'll see Teddy Bridgewater get picked up this week in the NFFC, I have to believe, just in case. Uh, the way that Keenum is playing... He's putting up good numbers. If Zimmer thinks that uh, Bridgewater is better, maybe he could put up the same numbers. So I think he'll be picked up. But a guy who's going to be picked up, Tom, is the Packers running back, Jamal Williams, because we found out today Aaron Jones has an MCL sprain. That's good news. I mean, it could have been a torn ACL. It could have been anything. So we're thinking about next year with Aaron Jones. I'm glad he didn't have any structural damage there. He's going to be out three to six weeks, but at least there's no surgery there. But Jamal Williams, he did look good yesterday. He's just a straightforward runner. That's all he is. He's totally different from Aaron Jones. But if I'm in the NFFC, you and me are in an auction league. I've got Aaron Jones. I've got to go out and get Jamal Williams, and I think other people are going to as well, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. Certainly, we got to see what the status is for Ty Montgomery. Uh, he re-aggravated that ribs injury. We haven't heard an update at all about him since the game, really. So I'm interested to see how severe that injury is. Obviously, if he can play, he is the starter. So keep that in mind. And he looked good before his injury. I thought he was having a really good day against the Bears, but then he got hurt as well. But as far as Jamal Williams, yeah, he's, just, he's not very impressive. He's a straight-line runner. I don't think he's had a carry of eight yards or more the entire season yet. Um, but he's good. If, if he is the starter, if Montgomery is out as well, we know Jones will be out. You would think he'd get 15 or so carries against a Ravens defense that has had trouble against nearly every running back it's played except uh, Jay Ajayi. So you, the opportunity will be there. I can't say I'm excited about this opportunity from a talent perspective and also Brett Hundley, a quarterback. But 
If you're starving for running back help, we got one more week of buys next week, and then we're finally done with those fuckers. Good. You, you may need to find a running back somewhere, so he's at least on the radar if he starts. Yeah. But, again, keep an eye on, on Montgomery's status here. He has come back from these, those rib injuries quickly before, so let's keep an eye on that. Yeah, I hope he does, because the Packers really need him. He did look yep. good yesterday. And, again, we got the Ravens this week, so, uh, like Derek said, Vikings take on the Rams. I don't think there's any Packer fan that has this illusion that we're going to make the playoffs and Rodgers is going to come back and save the day again. But, uh, you know, going to 6-4 and four would be a lot better than where we were a week ago at this time. So we'll see. Let's talk about another injury. Devontae Freeman with his second concussion of the year. He could be out a while here. Tom and I have Devin, uh, Tevin Coleman. And, you know, he didn't have a great game yesterday, but he's got to carry the load right now, I would think. So, Tom, what do you think about the Freeman injury? Not good news for Freeman owners. No, I, I mean, I've got him in that auction league you're talking about. I started him and Ty Montgomery yesterday, so that was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, it's an opportunity now for Tevin Coleman. He's going to be the guy. He's going to get plenty of volume this week. It, sh it could be a multi-week situation here for Freeman because, like you say, it's his second concussion, and that's bad news. So Tevin Coleman is locked in uh, as a volume upside RB1 right now. I mean, the Falcons looked like the Falcons yesterday, really for the first time maybe all season. Yeah. So if they start getting things going, Coleman obviously has tremendous upside in this offense. All right, yeah, talking about the Atlanta game. Man, let's talk about uh, the, the Cowboys. Sure, they were going to miss Ezekiel Elliott, but the left tackle, oh, was that man. Chaz Green? Chaz Green, I mean, yeah. he, Did you hear Aikman? He's like, that's the worst blocking right. I've ever seen in the National Football League, and he was right. He gave up, what, six sacks? Unbelievable. Yeah, they just they had a field day there, and uh, we, we see Cowboys are in trouble, boy. I'll tell you what, yeah. uh, obviously missing your left tackle, that's not going to help anybody out, but they got to figure something out. I don't know that he's out more than maybe just a week. I think he had a groin and a back or something, so he might be back. But uh, it's just night and day, too, just between Zeke and the talent level of what's left there. I mean, it, he, Zeke covers up a lot of stuff just like Rodgers does for you yep. guys. You know how that works, those superstars. they The talent that they have and the jump cuts he can make and everything else he does, that offense flows, obviously, through Zeke and just those other guys that there's just they don't scare anybody now uh, so uh, Dak Dak struggled a little bit yesterday again too we haven't really seen a whole lot of that but without Zeke there I mean you can key on Dak at this point so not a big game from Dez he kind of disappeared and yep. like Tom said Falcons finally showed up it was good to see yeah Dez had only four receptions for 39 yards I was surprised he played as much as he did with that ankle high ankle sprain but uh, nothing there and it's not going to be good for him if Dak is always on his back. I mean, he had no time to set up and throw downfield. So that looked bad as well. Tom, let's talk some good stuff. The Saints running backs. What a transformation by the Saints, huh? I mean, they are a running team right now. That hurts Breeze, obviously. But, man, that team is legit right now. And at 7-2, and two, this could be one of the top teams. Along with Minnesota, those are two teams that could have home field advantage going forward. Yeah, and obviously the, the Saints proving they can play outdoors could actually mean they play indoors in the playoffs, they get home field. This is a complete football team for the first time. I mean, honestly, I don't think they were this complete when they won the Super Bowl. They they were yeah. certainly good in, in a lot of aspects, but I think the defense is even better now than it was then. Certainly the running game is better. They are magnificent with both these guys, Ingram and Kamara. And, yeah, Drew Brees is the game manager now. All they pretty much need Drew Brees to do is make the throws. You don't have to chuck it 45, 50 times a game. Just make the throws when we need you to make throws, and that's what he's doing from a fantasy perspective. It's a problem because Drew Brees is not putting up the big numbers that you typically expect him to put up. Now, the flip side of that is there's so much 
uh, unevenness at the quarterback position. There's so many guys. I mean, Dak Prescott, you know, who'd been so good, was so bad yesterday. We've seen a lot of other guys that have failed to come through. So it's hard to bench Drew Brees, but the bottom line is he's not getting you the production. He's playing well. He's doing everything the Saints need him to do, but he's not putting up those high-octane numbers anymore, so he's not the fantasy guy he used to be. Yeah, we talked about Breeze on Friday. We said you have to play him because the quarterback play is so bad. But he was 22nd among QBs this week, 18 for 24, 184 yards, and no touchdowns. That's managing the team. Then let's look at the running backs. Mark Ingram, the number one fantasy running back this week, 21 carries, 131 yards, three TDs. He was 31.1 points in the NFFC. Alvin Kamara, 12 carries 106 yards and a touchdown five receptions 32 yards he had 24.8 points he was the fourth running back i mean tom you gotta admit uh, we've been talking about this kamara could be a first round pick next year right yeah i mean they're they're both rb1s they're both top 10 guys so yeah i mean the running backs are gonna go hard and heavy in drafts next year without a doubt because the wide receivers are really not living up to their their draft positions typically so yeah i mean it's gonna be very interesting to see where these guys go mark ingram he's locked in alvin Kamara is locked i, I don't know if we've ever seen this before you know we, we could go back to last year with freeman and coleman in atlanta but they weren't both top 10 guys no. coleman was like the 15th ranked ppr guy uh, Freeman was a top 10 guy. I don't think we've ever seen two running backs in the same backfield be legitimate top 10 fantasy running backs consistently, and that's what we have right here. Bo Jackson yeah. and Marcus Allen, and maybe that's the last time. I don't, people weren't even hardly playing fantasy back at that point. Hey, how about if somebody would have told you week 10 at the beginning of the season, Drew, uh, the Saints score six TDs, what would you have put the over-under at a touchdown passes? Four and a half? Oh, yeah. Probably? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Three, about 400 yards and four TDs. The Saints Absolutely. ran the ball 24 straight plays yesterday. First time since 1989 that a team in the NFL has done that. Amazing. Yeah, yeah definitely amazing. They've, they've changed themselves, but that defense is legit. I mean, no doubt about it. We were saying, oh, yeah, they beat Miami. They did this, but that defense looks legit. They sure sh- shut down uh, the Bills yesterday. Derek, Look at the guys that performed yesterday. You could have got them all on the free agent wire just a couple weeks ago. C.J. Beathard, 31.9. He was the fourth highest quarterback. Austin Eckler, 27.9. Chester Rogers, yeah, 22.7. Even Sterling Shepard at 25.2. In fact, the top five wide receivers were... Robert Woods, 37.1, Thielen, 30.6, Sterling Shepard, 25.2, Chester Rogers, 22.7, and then A.J. Green snuck in there at 22. Oh boy, A.J. (laughs) How about tight ends? Garrick Selleck, 16.7 yesterday. Giants factor there, yeah. It was a weird day where the top scorers were guys that were on a free agent wire just weeks ago. Yeah, we're seeing we've seen it now a bunch of weeks in a row. It's tough to get back to our like I always kind of, we always kind of mention as an ex uh, NFFC player, you want to get to about 150 points a week in like the yep. roto wire. You know, you got a really good chance of winning at that point in any of our 12 team contests. And it's it's hard to get there now with with the like you just mentioned Austin Eckler. He's gonna he's I guess he's probably on some teams, but he'll be a pickup this week. Obviously, yep. I mean it's just hard. These guys, Chester Rogers, who's nobody had him. You know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to get points. It's just with all these guys being spread out and the erratic quarterback play and running backs doing this and that. It's it's hard to score points. Uh, it's it's a weird year. Take a look at the tight ends from this week. It's like 14 of the top 25 are free agents in your league right now. I mean, it was weird. Jermaine Gresham. 
Yeah. He's a free agent in most leagues, 17.4 points, you know. Vance McDonald's out there, Dwayne Allen's out there. Uh, it's, <laughs> Martellus Bennett is probably still out there in a lot of leagues, of course, and now he's with New England. Oh, so, for, hey, real yeah. quick, on Twitter yesterday, funniest thing I've read in a long time, best uh, <laughs> best fake arm injury since Al Shervick in, uh, in Caddyshack, Martellus Bennett. <laughs> that is good. Like that. that is a good one. I don't know if it was fake. I don't know what's it going on. Fake. Fuck yeah. this guy. Yeah. Come on. He conveniently gets a shoulder injury at the same time Aaron Rodgers gets a shoulder injury. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. Fuck this guy. Yeah. I mean, it is BS. And especially the Packers doctors are the most conservative doctors yeah. in the NFL. Like, I'm sure he wanted him to play. I mean, come on. <laughs> give me a break. So, but whatever. But whatever. We, we got to move on and. You know, whatever. He wants to play with Tom Brady, whatever. Hey. So, All right, so let's just uh, talk one last thing here. Uh, Patriots, impressive win. Tom Dion Lewis started in the backfield, returned to kickoff, had a touchdown. I mean, Mike Gillisley was an inactive. He's dead. What a, He's what dead a to difference. Us. He's yeah. dead, right? He's yeah. dead to fantasy owners. Yeah, yeah but what, the good thing is here, we're seeing a little bit of clarity. Rex Burkhead yeah. also looked really good. So Rex Burkhead now becomes a legitimate uh, RB3 in PPR. Deion Lewis has looked really good for weeks. I mean, I don't know why it took them this long to get Deion Lewis going, but it's happening. He looked good. James White, he kind of got phased out. He did catch the touchdown pass last night, so that helped. But he's kind of the one on the outside looking in right now. Right now, this backfield is shaping up as a Deion Lewis-Rex Burkhead combo with a little bit of James White sprinkled in, so... Boy, if you're in a local league and Rex Burkhead sitting on the waiver wire, go get his ass right now because in PPR, this guy could put up some big numbers down the stretch. Can one of you guys explain to me how Gronkowski's was not a catch last night? The ball never touched the it ground. Was. It never. It, it, no. How can a ball never touch the ground and not be a catch? It can't be anything else but a catch. I agree. I thought it was. I I, I saw Belichick said today he didn't he didn't uh, throw the flag because he didn't think he'd win it. He didn't win the challenge. And that's what they were talking about during the game. Michaels and Collins were too, that it, there wasn't enough there to completely overturn it. But, yeah, I thought, I didn't see it move. It, I didn't see it hit the ground. I mean, nobody knows what a uh, fucking down anymore. I mean, that that's the biggest problem with this the game right now. We don't have a clue what a catch is. And that should be a fundamental thing everybody agrees on. Yep. Yeah, we don't have a clue about it in all of the – uh, decisions are against having a score. I mean, it's unreal. It all started with the extra point. Let's stop giving them one point. Let's move them back further. Let's get less scoring in the game. A catch? No, let's take it away from them. That's the NFL today. I mean, and now we're going to give the commissioner $50 million. I'm a commissioner. I commission more teams than he does. I'm not making $50 million a year. What the hell's going on you're there, pretty close. I know you're in favor you, you, of it. You do have your own private jet, so I see. No, I don't have that coming. either. Damn. Oh, I thought I thought you did. Back then, a rickety old car I had to turn in. You got a new car. It's nice. I'm looking right at it right now. It looks nice. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. Whatever. But uh, hey, one player I do want to talk about, Tom. We picked him up in the FSTA. He has been invaluable to us, and that is Robert Woods. Eight yeah, Bobby. receptions, 171 yards, two TDs, that 94 yarder. Was just sitting there going, "Yes, that's like 17 points in PPR." I just love it. But this is a guy who is available on free agent lists all across the country. He shouldn't be now, but maybe is in some other small hometown leagues. But this guy's legit. we got to keep him in our lineup, right? 
Yeah, he's our new number one wide receiver without a doubt. Uh, I mean, now granted, the last two weeks, the matchups have been ridiculously great uh, for the Rams. I loved them both weeks. I was telling everybody on Twitter, get Woods in your lineup, get Cooper Cup in there, get Sammy Watkins in there. And Watkins has scored the last two weeks. But yeah, Robert Woods is their number one guy without a doubt. Jared Goff is playing very, very well, obviously. They have the balance with Gurley. So this is a really good offense, and Robert Woods is the new number one receiver. I don't know if we can expect those 90-yard touchdowns, and he had a, what was it, an 80-yard, 70-yarder last week, another long one. That's really atypical for him. He doesn't, he's never been a big play kind of guy, but he should be a guy every week who's locked into like five to six or so catches, 60, 70 yards, a rock-solid number two, number three receiver in PPR, and certainly we've seen the upside now. Derek, we'll talk about it later this week, but something's got to give in Minnesota. Or it'll be a shootout. Maybe it'll be a shootout. Who knows? What do you think is going to give there in Minnesota this week? I don't know. I'm going to the game, so it's going to be exciting. I haven't been in a game yeah. for a while here. So uh, I think the key for the Vikings, we've got to bottle up Gurley um, to start with and then turn him one-dimensional. Uh, if, if Gurley has a typical game, we're going to be in trouble. I don't know that we can score with him. I know we scored 38 against Washington yesterday, but boy, the Ram- watching the Rams yesterday was fun. McVay just has some great plays. That that yeah. Woods second touchdown where he came out of the backfield kind of a fake to... Uh, yeah. Like I end around and split back around, they're they're all, and you, know, you got Tavon Austin running places and Sammy Watkins got to worry about. So to me, I, oh, I'm I mean, hopefully we have Everson Griffin back. That was that'll be a key. Obviously, missing one of the best pass rushers in the league didn't help against Washington. But uh, I think the, it all starts with bottling up Gurley and making him making him one dimensional. Yeah, I agree with you, and and obviously the Vikings can do just that. They can stop the run pretty easily. So all right, final point is Derek. We said on Friday we're trying to get the baseball live this week. We're making a little bit of progress, so hopefully we will be having some drafts Well, I'm at Madison watching a high school state tournament game. What do you think? That'd be great. Uh, yeah, Jokum was off today, but it sounds like he's back in the office tomorrow, and we'll do our final yep. tweaks, and hopefully we can announce, Let's. I don't want to, again, make any guarantees, yep. but maybe Wednesday we can uh, kind of announce that uh, let's get one or two of these draft champions filled up and start uh, maybe start Thursday. Quick quick hitter, uh, Carlos Beltran retired today, one of my favorite players uh, of all yep. time. He was just fun to watch, good guy, never really had any trouble. Phenomenal switch hitter, used to be phenomenally phenomenal defensively uh went out on top so good for him yeah i had him during his uh prime years too in a local league that we kept players from year to year he was so great to have yeah. you know 30 homers 30 stolen bases he was just fantastic so uh one of the best switch hitters in all of baseball no doubt about that all right we'll be back tomorrow to tell you who's leading each of our national contests in the nffc these contests are really really tight and we'll tell you how tight they are tomorrow on the high stakes fantasy advantage podcast talk to you tomorrow have a great day everyone